0: This celebration of the 108th anniversary of the premiere of Igor Stravinsky's Le Sacre du Printemps, the Rite of Spring, was recorded for release on May 29th, 2021. Greetings. Greetings. This is Terry Noldow. Those of you who have listened to my broadcasts all over the place over the years know that it has long been my custom to pay tribute to Igor Stravinsky and his masterpiece, Le Sacre du Printemps, The Rite of Spring on, or as near as possible, to the anniversary of its premiere, which took place in Paris, France, on May ninth, 1913. The score of Le Sacre du Printemps is the score for a ballet that was conceived for les ballets russes, of Aslav Nizhinsky. The story goes that the result was a riot from an audience outraged by the, shall we say, newness of the music. In fact, the ruckus got so great that Stravinsky himself in the wings was helping to keep the dancers if you will on point by also providing the beat as many of you know because you've seen the score there are a lot of time signature changes in it, some to unusual time signatures that are not the kind that one necessarily can discern instinctively. The conductor that night was Pierre Monteux. Retained a lifelong relationship with Le Sacre du Printemps. And in fact, for my money, the finest commercial recording of the ballet is the recording he made with the Boston Symphony Orchestra in the winter of 1952. His first recording, however, which is, based on my rudimentary researches, the first recording made by anyone, dates from 1932. The recording was made in the salle Playel in Paris, France, in May of 1929. The Grand Orchestre Symphonique, as it is styled, Paris, is, as I said, directed by Pierre Monteux. Recorded in Paris, France, in May of 1929, sixteen years after the riotous premiere in Paris of Le Sacre du Printemps by Igor Stravinsky, The Rite of Spring, and in that performance by what is styled as Grand Orchestre Symphonique The conductor is Pierre Monteux, who was the conductor that fateful night may twenty ninth, nineteen thirteen, when the premier performance of the ballet turned into an out and out riot by all accounts. On May ninth, 1963, Pierre Monteur conducted a concert in the Royal Albert Hall. He conducted the London Symphony Orchestra with Van Clyburn as the soloist in the Brahms Piano concerto number two in B flat major, opus 83. Of course, the second half, Monteur conducted Le Sacre de Printemps, the Rite of Spring, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the premiere, the premiere that he himself had conducted. There was a surprise waiting for him. I will not spoil it for you. This is a recording of the entire concert. It comes from the broadcast transcription discs that the BBC circulated at the time. Further deponent saith not. Henceforward, the BBC announcers will take you through this amazing event. The broadcast concert of May 29th, 1963. The London Symphony Orchestra in the Royal Albert Hall. With Pierre Monteur conducting and Van Clyburn as the piano soloist, the second half, as I said, Le Sacre du Printemps, the Rite of Spring, by Igor Stravinsky, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of its premiere in Paris.
1: Pierre Monteux, conducting the London Symphony Orchestra leader Eric Grunberg, with Van Clyburn, the young American pianist, as the soloist. This is the concert we're broadcasting tonight from the Royal Albert Hall, London. And the date, May the 29th, 1963, is significant because exactly 50 years ago, Monteux conducted in Paris the first performance of Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring, which forms the second part of tonight's concert. The first part, which is also being heard by listeners to the general overseas service of the BBC, consists of Wagner's Overture to the Master Singers and the second Piano Concerto of Brahms. The Overture to the Master Singers of Nuremberg is based on themes heard later in the opera. Its chief ideas are... The sturdy, confident theme of the Master Singers themselves, the love music of Walter and Eva, the impish music of the Apprentices, and the majestic march of the Master Singers Guild. The audience was greeting the London Symphony Orchestra's leader, Eric Grunberg. And here is Pierre Monteux. to singers of Nuremberg London Symphony Orchestra has just played Wagner's overture to the master symphony. has left the platform and the piano is going to be positioned for the concerto which is to follow the second piano concerto by Brahms in B-flat major this is to be played by Van Cliburn. Brahms finished the work in 1881 he was then 48 And he himself played the exceptionally taxing piano part for the first performance in that same year. And in the next 18 months, he played it all over Germany with great success. This work is on the grandest scale. It's a concerto in four movements. The second, which is a scherzo, is in addition to the usual three-movement plan. The piano is ready, the lid is open, and in a few moments the conductor Piamoteux will return with the young American pianist who is to be tonight's soloist, Van Kleiber. of the second and of Brown in Beat That Major was given by Van Clyburn with the London Symphony Orchestra leader Eric Bloomberg conducted by Pierre Monteux. That ends part one of the concert from the Royal Albert Hall London and at this point we say goodbye to listeners to the general overseas service of the BBC. For home service listeners we shall be back here for the right of Spring by Stravinsky after the interview in about 30 minutes. In the Royal Albert Hall, London, the second part of the concert is about to begin. The London Symphony Orchestra are back in their places. Eric Grunberg, the leader, will take his bar in a minute or so. And then Pierre Montault will come on to conduct tonight's historic... 50th anniversary performance of Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring It was Monteux, then 38, who on May the 29th, 1913 conducted the first performance of the work in Paris when there was a riot The ballet depicts a pagan rite with elders sitting in a circle watching the dance of a young girl who is to be sacrificed to the god of spring. There are two parts, the adoration of the earth and the sacrifice. In the first part, members of the tribe engage in ritualistic dances until the sage arrives to consecrate the soil in preparation for the sacrifice. The second part describes the rites leading up to the selection of the victim and her final sacrificial dance. There is Giamontry. Fifty years to the day since he conducted the first performance of Stravinsky's The Right of Spring. The Night of Spring by Stravinsky, first heard exactly 50 years ago today, was conducted tonight by the same man as in Paris on May the 29th, 1913, Pierre Monteux. The orchestra at this rather arbitral concert was the London Symphony Orchestra, leader Eric Krundberg. The 88-year-old Morteux has conducted from started to finish without a score. everyone are craning their necks because it is thought that the composer himself has come here especially for the occasion. Yes, indeed. He can be seen there in box seven applauding as heartily as everybody. Mortu and Stravinsky stand facing each other on this historic occasion. And now, from a wildly cheering out the ball, we have to return you to Broadcasting House.
0: Well, I'm not Broadcasting House, but I'll do in a pinch under the circumstances. That is one of the most remarkable things I've ever heard. And I always make a point of listening to it and presenting it at the time of the anniversary of the premiere of Igor Stravinsky's Le Sacre du Printemps*, The Rite of Spring. Monteux had no idea that Stravinsky was sitting in the audience for that performance. Fifty years! to the day after the premiere in paris what an astonishing occasion and thank god it was recorded and circulated my name is terry noeltow if you have enjoyed this special celebration of the 108th anniversary of the premiere of igor stravinsky's le sacre du printemps the rite of spring and other broadcasts that i have presented thanks to the encouragement and support of the foundation for the revival of classical culture i hope that you will remember that the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture is a not-for-profit entity in the state of Connecticut and a qualified Section 501c3 organization, which means that any contribution that you may decide to make is tax-deductible to the fullest extent that the law permits. If the idea appeals to you, please go to the main web page of the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture at ww dot O R G and scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll see a red tablet with the word Donate on it. Click on that tablet, please. You will be transferred to another page that will provide you with all the guidance and the instructions that you will need in order to make your tax-deductible contribution to the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture. I thank you in advance for your generosity.